Welcome, welcome, welcome to a vaguely familiar podcast. Today with me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Bashar Sayed, myself, Nazar Sayed. Today we're doing a round of Backward Point because a lot of stuff has happened and we will literally just get into it. Um, Bashar, I want to start with you real, real quick. What happened? Just give me give me a review. Give me a summary of the past couple of weeks from the last time we did a Backward Point episode to now. I think we've gone through three different squad teams. We've gone through coach changes, gone through the National T20 happening. We've gone through England coming, not coming, New Zealand coming, not coming. Like a lot of ish has happened. And now we're like five days away from the World Cup. And we're doing a squad breakdown, but I just want, to, for my mental clarity, just a, a review of what happened so I can catch up to the banter online. Yeah, so I mean, a lot has happened. Um, it's been a roller coaster uh, of a journey as a Pakistan cricket fan, as oh, yeah. it always like it is. Always is, yeah. Yeah, like our, our T20s eyes in West Indies got cancelled and then New Zealand backed out, England backed out. So we were looking to get to use those series as a way of testing our combination and finding just the right form, you know, of the, yeah. of the players and yeah. who we can try, who's a good option, who can sustain the pressure on the international level. But all of those games got cancelled. And the Pakistan selection committee, they, they announced the team regardless. And I was shocked to the core. I was shocked to the core. There were some selections that I was like, how can you do this? It didn't make sense. And then so they backed some players up. Yeah. They were like, no, we, we we put faith in you. And then literally like two days before, they're like, no, we're not. Actually, you know what? We're, we're kidding about that. We're actually going to go with this senior player that we kind of were iffy about anyways. Yeah. And we're going to put them in the squad. But you know what? Next time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it felt like. That's what always happens, right? And this is such, it's such, the whole selection committee is such, it's such a joke, right? It, they've made like four changes from uh, the initial squad that they've announced yep. of the 15. Um, and if you look back at the, at our last ICC event, the 2019 World Cup, yep. uh, we made three changes to that as well, right before the World Cup. Wahab kind of came out of nowhere. Amir as always. got back into the team. Asif Ali was pressurized by the media to come in the team. So this is not something new. But at the same time, it's very, very sad. It's like, you know. And the other reason why this episode is coming out so late is because we anticipated these chains to yeah. come, changes to come. Yeah. Right. We wanted to do a squad breakdown, I think, last week. And you told us, no. Yeah. Uh, things are about to move around. We need to wait. We need to be patient. Until the team is on the flight, yeah. we should not be doing a squad breakdown. Yeah, October 10th is uh, the deadline to absolutely yeah. make any last-minute changes. But I think this is pretty much final. Like This is this is final. N- nothing yeah. more. Not new, no more changes. Yeah. This is it. Uh, it says, you know what? I thought under new leadership, under Ramiz Raja, I thought we thought, I thought we would have been in a position where these type of blunders wouldn't happen because Ramiz has been very vocal of these things as a commentator, as a pundit. But he's also been very vocal uh, on the inclusion of the oldies back into the team. Like, yeah, he, he has a YouTube channel. You can go back and see all of his previous not videos. There's this one, there's this one video that's going viral these days. And that's of him talking about Muhammad Hafiz and Shoaib Malik. Yeah. He's like, oh, why do we need to bring back these 38 year olds just to do some face saving? Um, you should back the youngsters. And that's the total opposite of what, what's happened here. 
Do right? you want to do you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Do you want to talk about? Are you talking about Azam Khan? <laughs> That's not. Oh, you gotta cut that. Out. Okay, sorry. sorry. You gotta cut that. No, out. Okay, but listen. What? He is a good player. Yeah, really good player of spin. Uh, but he needs to work on his fitness. It's simple as that. Yeah. I mean, right. that's a fair criticism. His selection was good. He his, is good against spinners. Uh, he actually has one of the highest strike rates against spin. Yeah. He has... This, I saw, and I saw him, like, just completely obliterate his opponents in in the National League 20 when he was at, against spin. Like, he was just hitting them in the park. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, he's a, he's a pure six hitter. He has the second most sixes from Pakistan, as by a Pakistani since 2020. Yeah. Uh, he is... Uh, he has. He's the only Pakistan player who has scored one thousand T twenty runs. Yeah, I'm just. I just want to let people know. I just want people know who's watch, who are watching on YouTube that the Excel sheets are out. Like this is serious. We don't get any more serious than the Excel sheets. Like they're out, out right now. Right. We had to bring them out. We had. They, we no had. Choice. We had to do it. So yeah, please continue. Yeah, the, and the, the, the stats are on the Excel sheet. Azam has, he's the only Pakistan player to score 1,000 T20 runs at a strike rate of 140 in the last two years. Yep. But my stance is not against his talent or his yeah. form. It's more against his fitness. Like Same. If, if your Same. career is as a professional sports person where your fitness, the way you look, the, affects um, the way you perform, you need to work on that. Okay, here's here's a genuinely curious question. His dad owns Moin Khan Cricket Academy. It's literally named after him. You Wasn't his dad ever like, you know what? Cut down on the gulab jamuns, bro. Uh, hit the track. Let's cut some calories. Let's go on a calorie deficit. Like, if he needs a trainer, I got Kazi Akbar. This guy is a beast. He can train Azam in like literally two months and this guy's ready for the World Cup. You're telling me they don't have coaches and they don't have staff enough to be like, you are physically unfit i mean how hard is it to hire a personal trainer go on a fitness diet for literally a few months and you will see radical results. changes you will see radical changes how hard is it and especially when this is your living this is your yeah. bread and butter yeah so i mean it clearly shows that these people are not taking it seriously i mean just another example is sharjil khan yeah he got banned for spot fixing uh he was overweight when he was playing for pakistan yeah he got banned and he comes back after two years and he is he's put on even more weight. Looks like James Harden, bro. <laughs> like, bro, what are like what are you doing? I mean, fitness has never ever been our strong suit ever, right? But this is modern cricket. This isn't 1992 cricket where Inzamul Haq can literally roll off the bench and like play for the national team. That's not how it's gonna happen. And anymore. why I agree with that, but then why you, why do you put such fitness standards on other players? Like, oh, we have a yo-yo test. You need to pass this fitness test. You have to play these many matches. So either don't have these fitness standards for in place anyone. for anybody. Because even in the last World Cup, they had to compromise on fitness. Imal Wasim did not clear the fitness test for mm-hmm. the last World Cup. And they in Zimam had to come on the press conference and state that. Yeah. And state that Imad did not pass the test, but we're selecting him anyways because of his, you know, his experience, repertoire. Yeah, exactly. That's so, ironic that Inzi had to come and say that. It's just sad for all the other players who are working towards this stuff. Yeah. But in the end, you know, if you're disregarding it totally. Either regulated for everyone or for no one. That's that's what you're trying to say, yeah. right? And that's a fair that's a fair criticism. Yeah. And when Azam Khan got selected, right, this is what I was thinking. Our first game is against India. Boom. Right? Imagine Azam Khan walking down alongside Virat Kohli for the National Anthem. As a Pakistani, that is embarrassing for me. Embarrassing. I cannot imagine 
Azam Khan and Virat. I'm not comparing them to, but I'm just saying that Viratness level. Has this just, guy is like in his mid 30s, but he's like looking like a Greek god. And our boy is like what in his teens, and he's like, "What are you doing, Azam? Yeah, I know you listen to the podcast. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge gym, fan. Like, it, he hits clean sixes. Clean. One of the biggest sixes you will ever see. Right. But you know who else does? Pandya. <laughs> And Pandya is like 130 pounds. Yeah. Six foot. Needs a sikka in his like in his pocket to like just stand in the field. Yeah. But he hits them too. And and even with the changes in the in the teams that was announced initially versus now, uh initially you see like a, a more like going out there and aggressive mindset. Yeah. Look at the middle order. We had Asif Ali, we had um Azam Khan, we had Khushtal Shah. So it looked like they had some sort of a plan to play spin and then yeah. just go full on out, right? Yep. Because at the end of the day, in T20s, you only need one or two guys to really fire off to get a big score. Yeah. Um, but now with the changes that they've made, uh, Azam got dropped, Sirfaraz came back in, um, Khustal got pushed back to the reserves, and Fakhar Zaman came in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Shreve Malik came in for Swayb Maksud because he got injured. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You went a lot. You went over like a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about Safi for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. What combination does Safi... Safi, is he a reserve for... Okay, let me let me organize my thoughts. Is Safi a reserve for Rizwan or is Safi in the playing 11? What is his role? Because Azam was supposed to be a reserve for, for Rizwan, right? And that's when keep... they messed up. When they announced uh, Azam as a backup wicketkeeper for, for Rizwan, um, that was their first mistake because uh, Azam really hasn't kept in a lot of games. Yeah. Um, he literally, they changed his team. He was playing for Sindh under Sarfraz and they changed him to a different domestic team just so he could keep full time. Because yeah. under, 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 at, at Sindh, Sarfraz was the keeper. 100%. And I, I like, there is no argument there. He has to be the keeper. At right. Sindh. And so to justify him being a backup wicketkeeper, that the changes team kind of put him through some camps of, you know, wicketkeepers. Uh, and now they've brought in Sarfraz in place of Azam as a backup wicketkeeper. And I, if you ask me, this is purely a Babar Azam decision. Yeah. Because Babar Azam and Safraz, they're friends, they're they're great mates. Allies. I mean, they've been um, playing together. Like Babar Azam played under Safi in the twenty nineteen World Cup. And Safraz Ahmed is the second most successful T twenty captain. He has the second yeah. most wins. Yeah. Thirty seven games he's captain, twenty nine games we've won. That is a seventy eight percent win percentage. Woo. Not even Kohli has that win percentage or those amount of wins, yeah. right? And uh, Safraz, he took Pakistan to the number one team. Uh, and kept him there. I'm still against the way they took him out. It was not his captaincy, but it was more of his personal performance. Yeah. Um, but I think Babar wants okay, Safraz in the team as somebody who who can motivate the team, who can be a good team man. So what I, I was reading Musad Afzal's uh, tweets, and he said that the only role that Safraz has in this team could be as a mentor role because he doesn't have any space in the playing 11. He doesn't because you really can't have Malik, Hafiz, Sarfaraz. In the middle order, then who's going to hit the sixes, bro? This isn't an ODI yeah. where you need to like build your innings. You, you build your innings in an over or two and you're out. Exactly. Right? So I don't I don't understand Sefi coming into the team yeah. like that. If you wanted to give exposure, if you wanted to give experience to someone, Azam Khan would have been your best bet. So I, even though I'm a big Sefi supporter, I don't like that. Yeah. Secondly, who else did they remove? They removed Khushtal. Khushtal got pushed back to the reserves, and then Fakhar Zaman. Fakhar came. Zaman came. I don't mind that. What about you? So, because I, in my opinion, Fakhar is a clean hitter. You put him one down. But okay, here's the problem, right? So Fakhar opens. He well, he used to open for Pakistan. He yeah. opens for his domestic team, KP. Yeah. He, he also opens, opens for, for Lahore Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. But 
you're trying to fit him in here as a lower order pinch hitter, as they did against England um, just this past summer. Yeah. So he's going to be playing in a very different role. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where they want to fit him in. Yeah. Um, you don't think he's going to come one down? I, I think they should. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the position I would want him to play. I think they should change him based on who's bowling. Like if they have spinners going on, if they have leg spinners, uh, he should go in and just... Uh, smack it around, right? Because you think you think Babur Azam captaincy is that proactive that he's going to be like, they have spinners on, so we should send send Fakhar. If they have Pacers on, we should send Malik. Uh, well, I would I would hope that he would be. He would yeah. be like proactive to some sense. That's wishful thinking, I think. It is like I mean, um, that's the other part that I think Pakistan is lacking a bit. We're we're lacking left-handers in the middle order. Oh yeah, I heard a lot of people talk about that, and a lot of teams you're going to see. Well, every team has like this one mystery leg spinner googly bowler yeah um and having too many righties in the middle order well it's gonna backfire to you yeah so to have fakhar sort of like a floating middle middle order batsman will be good uh he can you know go one down and you know if they're still in the power play he can still utilize the power play yeah or, or he, he can go. come in the middle overs or in, even in the end and just smack it around yeah there was a term you brought up yesterday when we were talking about this a little bit low value wicket yeah is that what fakhar is going to be no, I think a low-value wicket, an example of a low-value wicket is more of like a Muhammad Nawaz. Okay. Like, you can send him up in the order. Uh, if he gets out know, three balls, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't it's matter. It's fine. Like, you know, um, a perfect example of a low-value wicket, I don't want to say this, but it's, it's Shahid Afridi. If you look at the 2007 uh, World T20 final, Afridi got out the first ball duck, which is not really that... Wait, which one? The 2007 World T20 final. Like in 2007, India, okay. In Johannesburg. So, yeah. Afridi got our first ball, but... Him didn't, getting out first ball didn't, didn't, really, really didn't really matter that much. On the other hand, Yunus Khan played about 30, 40 balls. And that actually lowered our chances in winning because the, the runner kept, kept climbing, climbing. He wasn't scoring a lot of runs. Yeah. Um, and him being on the crease actually, you know, it hurt, Pakistan. hurt Pakistan's chances. Yeah. So, bitter truth. And uh, in domestic cricket, you've seen the Northern team use this a lot. They send Imad one down, two down. They send Nawaz. Nawaz has scored, by the way, the most sixes in this domestic uh, tournament. Yeah. Um, and he has the fifth most runs. So we're going to get into the whole Imad versus Nawaz debate as well. Like, who's the better option? Who should be playing? Who should not be playing? Um, but before we get into that, uh, we want to talk about just the, the few changes that were made. Sway Maksud That's getting the big dropped. One. That's the big one, right? I think it's a big loss. I mean, I mean, what kind of morale does someone have like Sweet Maksud, who has been performing consistently, and then he gets dropped, injured? Sweet Maksud was actually. And what thinking, kind of injury do you have that you can't you can't be back in the team for in in two weeks? Like this is this a career threatening injury? What are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, you're not a basketball uh, player that you like tore your Achilles. So, hey, Maksud was looking to retire two years ago. Um, and that's how disheartened he was. Yeah, that's how disheartened. Like, he was just lost. He was in the wilderness, nowhere to be found. And then he came back, changed the way he played. Um, and he single-handedly, like, drove Multan to, you know, winning uh, yeah. the PSL. He scored 400-plus runs at a strike rate of 157. Yeah, uh, He was the highest run scorer. He um, was the most impactful player, and he was also man at the tournament. Yeah. Um, and even his performances in the last, like, year and a half uh, in the T20 tournaments, they've been phenomenal. Like, you know, he's been batting one down, really, like, punching the ball. He hits the ball. He hits the ball clean. hard. Yeah. It's a clean hitter. Yep. So... And um, uh, the most important part of his stat in the PSL is that the second leg that he's played was all in the UAE. Yeah. And that's what the that's World Cup was. Exactly. 
So to have him a part of our team would have been a, a huge benefit. Um, and to replace him with Shoaib Malik. Um, you said I, it like Shoaib Akhtar right now. Malak. Malak. Um, but like, yeah, it's just replacing him with Shoaib Malik, I think people have... Shoaib Malik has been running this PR campaign online through I journalists. I want you to go off. I want you to go off right through now. Through journalists, through, I don't know, like Twitter bots to get him back into the team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think... And the argument is that Shoaib Malik brings a lot of experience into the team. Yeah. But what has his experience brought in any ICC events in the last 10 years? He averages 18.37 and has no 50s in 25 matches he's played in the last um, 10 years of ICC global events. What is the last game in an ICC tournament that you remembered that Shoaib Malik won for Pakistan? Mm -mm. I'll tell you. It was 2009. It was a Champions Trophy game against India. He scored 100. He hasn't played any match winning Nongst after that. Wow. What is the last game that you th- that you remember that Shrib Malik won Pakistan? Like someone had you like your most Shrib Malik. Thank God he was there. His experience was like so helpful. Mm. It was three years ago against Afghanistan in the Asia Cup. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I mean that was so foggy for me. He hasn't been delivering to what his experiences are saying, right? We we brought him back into the team for the uh, for the last World Cup, the ODI World Cup. And we saw how badly he flopped. And, and we had to see, we had to bench him. We had to bench him. We had to bring in Haris Sohail. And Haris Sohail, thank God, delivered against South, South Africa, Africa, New Zealand, and then the rest of the World Cup. So his experiences has not really benefited us in, in any of the past events. Like, you know, past records don't justify that. Um, Shoaib Malik's experiences ha- have helped Pakistan by a great deal. Okay, but okay, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Because the counter argument is that he played really well in the National Team Winning Cup. He played really well in the Caribbean League, I think. No, he scored 67 runs in 11 innings. Okay, not the Caribbean League. The PSL was it. Yeah, he did. PSL and the National League Cup is what people are basically quoting as a margin. And then he has like the most runs for Pakistan. He's one of the top run getters of in T20 ever. Third highest run scorer of all yeah, time. Yeah, so runs. those are the stats. Those are the experience numbers that they're throwing at the wall and being like, this is why this sticks. What is your thought? What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I don't buy it. My thought is that so Babar Azam has been captain since, uh, well, the end of 2019. Yeah. And Shoaib Malik has not been part of the team since August of last year. Okay. If Babar Azam really valued his experience so much, why was Shoaib Malik not part of the team earlier? Like, why do we need to bring him last minute just before the World Cup? Yeah, see, that's always a very, very suspicious prospect, when especially related to Malik, because, <clears throat> you know, We've we've been. Oh, I don't want to get into that, but like it's it's very suspicious on his case to just enter the team like that. He's done this a few times, and whenever a senior player like that just randomly is needed by the team, it's always it all. My eyebrows are always raised by that. I'm like, I don't buy it. And if you ask me, especially to replace a player like Sohib Maksud, I'm like, I, if I had to invest in someone, I would invest in Sohib Maksud and lose the tournament rather than invest in a 37 year old or 38 year old Shreem Malik. 39. 39-year-old Shreem Malik, who's like on the end of his career. Like even if he Fs up, if he, if he screws up massively, he's out. Like that, So that's what I'm saying. This is So bringing back Shreem Malik in the team is a very defensive mindset. Very defensive. Right? If he if the, if the Pakistan team does bad, you can just blame it on Hafiz and Malik. Throw them on the team. We have another World Cup next year. And you can just bring back youngsters. Yeah. Um, which I think is, it's, it's a negative mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, but you know the team's been selected. Malik is part of the team. Uh, okay, so let's let's 
let's talk about like because the MCU has multiverses, right? Let's talk about a situation where he wins the match against India. I hope so. A feat that has never been that has never happened in the history of those two rivalries. This rivalry, right? Pakistan has never won a game against India in any World Cups. They've tied, but they've never won. Malik pulls it off. Is his selection then justified? Well, he has to outperform himself. Like he, he has to go above and beyond his abilities to to really justify the decision that you know they picked him correctly. And where does where does he sit on the batting order? That's the other question. Like, where do you play him? Uh, if you have uh, Hafiz one down, Malik two down, uh, you know that, that's just a lot of the same type of players. Because even our openers, they're not attacking bats. They're, they're the t- yeah, they're anchors, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're anchors. Rizvan and yeah, Rizvan and uh, Babar. You expect them to like you know, twenty to like you you get forty runs off of like twenty five balls. That's the type of hitting that they're yeah. mostly acc- accustomed to. You need someone who hits a ten ball thirty or a ten ball twenty five. An impactful cameo. An impactful cameo, and neither Hafiz nor Malik are responsible for those things. They're again, like you said, anchors. They would. Yeah. Hold the wicket on the other end so the the other person could go at it. And the the other part of that is that they've also brought in Heather early into the team who has scored phenomenally well. He's great. I love the domestic too. tournament. Um, I'm a huge fan of Heather early, but I just, I still feel like he needs a bit more time in the domestic circuit, um, because he has this inner tape ball batsman into him where he, yeah where he wants to slog a ball that's outside of off stump to mid wicket to mid wicket yeah, and he oftentimes gets bowled or catch out deep mid wicket because of that. So. I feel like he needs more time, but you know, it's a good decision to bring him into the team. But the question is, like, does he fit into our eleven? If he does, he's been performing at number three for his domestic team. If he comes at number three, Hafiz goes at four, Malik goes at five, Fakhar at six, uh, and where does Asif Ali go? Seven. But then, but then you have need to have ballers, right? You need an all rounder. Shadab, Imad, Imad, Hassan, Haris Rov. Uh, Shaheen Afridi. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what playing 11 they play for the warm-up games. Yeah, exactly. So, we have a warm-up games against uh, West Indies and uh, South Africa. Yeah. Um, and it'll be good uh, to see what kind of combinations they're trying out. Personally, I've been watching the IPL and I've been kind of score like looking at for the scores just because I want to see how the pitches will behave at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And Because the, the IPL is played in the UAE right Exactly. Now. And so... Most of the matches are extremely low scoring, like 150, 140, 160. There's, just, there's a one-off game that's going 200-ish. Yeah. But aside from that, they look like low scoring pitches. Yeah. Um. So in that case, maybe you don't need to go hard at every single ball. Maybe you need to like have a lot of more anchors. So Hafiz at three, Malik at four, Asif Ali at five, Fakhar at six, and then you can go for the all-rounders. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, do you think that if this is another scenario that I'm very, very hesitant about is if we lose horribly from India, does that involve another shakeup of the playing 11? Well, because we have a history of losing horribly against them. Yeah, losing against India, it's it's a high probability, if I'm being very honest with you. Yeah, of course. We will need to really, like, Pakistan beating India at the World Cup will be an upset. Yeah. It's going to be an upset. Right, yeah. So that's that's the position we're at now. And oftentimes, losing against India can shake up uh, the whole think tank, and um, you'll see panic uh, just by the amount of changes they'll make in the next match. Yeah. So I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, but I still feel like Pakistan has a really great chance at 
going towards the semis, they should beat New Zealand. They should beat Afghanistan, and then the the, the two other teams that will qualify. Um, so four out of five wins, we should go into the semis. Yeah. I need a percentage from you about if we're gonna win the World Cup. What's what's the range? I say it's somewhere between fifteen to twenty percent. We win the World Cup. Is that really? high? Um, I think it's reasonable, right? Cause I think there's a twenty percent chance that we win it. Yeah, that's it. But that's again. But that's been our case. I don't even remember since when. I, there, we, except for the nineteen ninety nine World Cup team. Aside from that. Every other World Cup team we've ever sent has had a 15 to 20% chance of winning anything. And they have won. Like, 92 we won. 2009 we won. Like, I can't remember a tournament that somebody said, oh, Pakistan is favorites to win this. Mm, what about 99? 99 was one of them. What about 2010? T20. 11? That was yeah. a stacked team. No, but we were, we were missing a goal. Except for him. Like, it was a stacked team. It was basically the same team that went and won the World Cup the year before. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, th- this is the UAE is Pakistan's backyard. Yeah. If you don't win it here, uh, there's hardly any chances of us winning anywhere else. The next World Cup is in Australia. We tend to perform bad there. Yeah. So I think this is a perfect chance, a perfect way for Shoaib Molek and Hafiz to say farewell to, to, to international cricket. If they decide to say farewell, because we don't even know if they want to do that. Yeah, what usually we, happens our, is that our players don't know when to say goodbye. They usually overstay their visit. That's their. That's what I've known. Like we've never had, except for maybe Imran Khan, maybe Afridi, maybe Yunus. Not even Afridi. Not even Afridi. Yeah, they don't really know when to say goodbye, and they never have like a, like an exit, like like how, like MJ, like Michael Jordan. I'm not comparing their styles of of, of athleticism. I'm just saying. MJ had a very cele- celebrated career and then he ends it with the sixth ring. Yeah, he comes back and th- that's, again, what Pakistani players tend to do yeah. is when they're gone, they, you, they'll they sprout up at like uh, T20 events like in the Caribbean or in Bangladesh or, you know, in South Africa or whatever. They never really know when to bury the hatchet. Like even right now I saw the, is it the T10 team that was T10 squads that were announced and Afridi was still playing. I'm like, isn't he 41? But Afridi plans to say farewell at the the next PSL. Okay, see that again. That would be that would be nice to see as well. Yeah, uh, a a proper farewell because he he hasn't played international cricket since twenty sixteen. Well, he had one more farewell match after that at at Lords. Yeah, but that was like more of like a fun. What's what I mean? Like, just have end your career at an event like this, and then you can say farewell. Yeah, like how Yunus and Mizbah did it in 2015. Okay, it wasn't the most celebrated farewell, but it was a farewell. Inzi did it in 2007. Yeah, yeah I mean, so our, our batting looks good. Uh, we have the top two highest run scorers uh, in T20Is. Number one and two. Babar, uh, sorry, number one is Rizwan. Number two is... Uh, and they, they're playing one and two on our, on our exactly. sheet as well. And, and to be honest, people talk about their strike rates. Their strike rates aren't that bad. Uh, Rizwan has scored runs at 140 um, and Babar at 132. Yeah. So that's not bad. I mean, considering if you have Fakhar Zaman and uh, Hafiz and Asif Ali to come Coming in the down, yeah. order, um, that could really help. Hafiz has had a stellar year. He has the most sixes by any Pakistani since 2020. So I, I think it's post him playing golf <laughs> uh, where he has just really gone ham. And I, I remember last year he was like prolific in scoring runs. For he was hitting them everywhere. It was yeah. insane. It was beautiful to watch. Right. 
and then you go have you have Molik who has the, the third highest runs uh, in T20s overall. Overall, lots of experience can play spin really well. Um, and then Asif Ali, who is a genuine six hitter, he hasn't translated those performances um, internationally. Internationally, like he has no fifties in the twenty nine uh, T20s that he's played. Yeah, um, but he has the third best strike rate in all of PSL, one sixty four, which shows that he's a, a impactful player. He just needs to translate those performances internationally. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you want to talk about our bowling before we go? Yeah. 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 I um, was going to ask you if there's anything we're leaving and I don't even want to talk about the fielding side of it. I'm just glad that Azam was in on the field. I'm just saying, how, where do you hide him? Where do you hide him? I don't know. I, but I, I personally think our bowling looks really good. That's what Shahin Afridi yeah. uh, can swing the ball up front at he's high at a, pace. He's on his prime right now, bro. He's on his prime. He has the second most wickets in T20s. Yeah. Right. And number three is Harris Rove. Yeah. Who has the third most wickets. Um, and people often give uh, Harris Rove a lot of slack because... Uh, including me. Because of its economy rate, but you need he, to... But you, you have give to realize... two wickets at 48 runs a piece? No. You have to realize that he balls in the death and more recently, he's been playing at very difficult grounds, right? The, the ground in New Zealand was very small. Johannesburg is a high-scoring ground. And then Trent Bridge, uh, Nottingham in England. Bro, they scored 220, 230. What do you expect him to go? Like 6 and over, 6 and over, 7 and over? You can't. So, Harris Rove is... Harris Rove, stand here. He has one of the best economies in the death. You got to compare him to Shaheen. You got to compare him to Chris Jordan. Hassan Ali. Hassan Ali. And and to be uh, to give you a number, he has an economy of 7.78 at the death uh, compared to Shaheen, who is, uh, whose economy is over nine. So, okay. that's just for a reference. Um, he can ball up front. He can be the I'm, Omar Gola. Okay, he can saying, be the Omar Gola we, that we needed. I'm just saying I'm scared for when there's like eight runs to defend the last over when we give it to Rahari Stove. That's what I'm scared of. Because tell me a better option. We don't have one, but I don't think he's the best. I think he's in good form. I was watching a few of his spells. He doesn't open the spell. Who's going to open? He's, it's going to be... It's going to be Hassan and Shaheen. There we go. Shaheen... Hopefully, get some swing up front, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the most wickets in, in the power play uh, since 2020. Number one is Trent Bolt. Number two is Mohamed Lambert. Number three is Shaheen Afridi. And Trent Bolt has not gotten a single wicket in the last eight overs he's bowled in the power play in the IPL. Yeah. Trent Bolt is a great exponent of swing bowling. So if he's not getting wickets in the, in the, in the power play, and that clearly shows that there's probably not a lot of swing on offer. Yeah. And which means that Shaheen... And then we, and we also have a good leg spinner, right? Shadab, uh, if he's in form, if and he's, he, a, he's a good all rounder too. He's a he's the best fielder in Pakistan. It's true, right? And if you if you're comparing, um, if you're having the whole Imad versus Nawaz debate, um, I personally feel like Nawaz is the better option, um, just because he has a, he has more he has 17 wickets and an economy of 6.93, um, in the PSL that was happening in the UAE versus Imad who has 10 wickets at an economy of 7.7. Okay. So, and also, uh, Mohammed Nawaz is a lot more diverse. He can ball, and he's, he's more, a lefty. He's more flexible. They're both lefties, but yeah. uh, Nawaz can ball in the power play. He can ball in the middle overs. He's a genuine spin bowler. The Versus are- Imad, Imad uh, can only, like, he's only effective if he's bowling the new ball. And if he's bowling the new ball, then either Hassan or Shaheen is missing out. Yeah. Also, Imad is not that big of a turner. Of a he ball, doesn't turn, he skits right? them, right? But here's the news. Right, I I feel like Nawaz is a better option, but the team management will probably go with Imad just because of his experience, uh, in ICC events and um, yeah. I think 
it's really hard, difficult to have the two of the same exact players. Like literally, they're the same player, and there's a debate on social media whether they should both be playing. No, who's saying they're that? Like you know, have Nawaz as a batsman just because of the runs he scored domestically, um, and you can have an uh, Imad there as well. You want two of the, you're gonna bowl eight overs of spin in UAE, and we have a fees. What are you talking? <laughs> no, and we a, have Malik. <laughs> no, Malik's not definitely not bowling, but that's that's a stupid thing. That's a very stupid tra- proposition. Spence is stupid thing. <laughs> stupid thing proposition, bro. Because that's like, I don't know what's happening on social media, anyways. But you want to end with your playing eleven? Yeah, my my possible playing eleven. This is it. Give me your eleven. This um, is against India. This is against India. I will go with uh, Babar Azam, Mohammad Rizwan. Mohammad Afiz, uh, Shoaib Malik, Asif Ali, uh, Fakhar Zaman. Uh, Ali over Fakhar Zaman. Asif both Ali over them. Both of them. Okay. So one down Afiz, two down Malik, three down Asif Ali, four down uh, Fakhar Zaman. Okay. Uh, and then I will have Shadab. Mm-hmm. I will have Mohammad Nawaz. I will have Haris Rauf. I will have uh, Hassan Ali. And I will have Shaheen Afridi. So you're, play- you're playing both Imad and Nawaz? No. You, you didn't say no- Imad. I said Nawaz. I, I I will personally play, play Nawaz over Imad. Or, or Nawaz over Imad. Okay. Yeah. I think I agree with your team. Yeah. I do. I would play Fakhar over Asif Ali though. I'm playing both of them. Yeah, but I would play him over. Like, oh, above? Above him. Yeah, I think batting over is that would be that situation you can always, based, I guess. you know, just switch around depending on what the game situation is. Yeah. I That's that's a pretty good team. Yeah. Is it going to win the World Cup? Well, only time will tell. Is it going to beat India? Well, only time will tell. But... I, before we go, I have this last conspiracy theory that the ICC always wants to set up their first game, Pakistan's first game against India, so we literally lose morale. And I mean, you could see it in the T20, in, not in the T20, this T20 World Cup, you could see it in the 2019 World Cup. That's what they do. And we choke. It's also a good way to just generate a lot of hype. And um, Yeah, but give us, make that our second game. Why does that have to be our first game? But it's Especially also the first game, that's going to be our first international T20 game. This 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 season basically because neither Eng- England didn't play with us, New Zealand didn't play with us, and our te- and our uh, West Indies tour got cancelled. Okay, but think of it this way: our first game against India is a good opportunity to just do it and get it over with, right? And then you have the next four games to focus on. Even if you lose the game against India, you have four more games to sort of make a comeback to learn from the you, mistakes. You know how much morale is defeated when that happens, though. But you can also make a tremendous comeback. If you look at the last Champions Trophy, uh, we lost the first game against India, and yep. then we made a miraculous comeback. We still don't and know we, how and then we beat that. them in the thing. Yeah, and right. that, we don't talk about that because I feel like there's we will go back in time and change it. So we don't talk about how that happened. We just are glad that it did. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Wow. So I mean, a lot of moving parts, but I feel like we now do have some sort of structure to the eleven. Some direction. Um, yeah. We we went from a more aggressive approach to a more stabilizing, calm, experienced approach by bringing back Malik and Sarfaraz, um, and Fakhar. So I mean, I also feel like Babar picked this team. Yeah, right. Uh, because I mean, Imran Khan and Amir Ramiz Raja, they are big advocates of the captain. Yeah, making the decisions. Yeah. Uh, and I really feel like it was Babar who brought back Fakhar into the eleven, uh, into the fifteen. Also Safraz and then Malik in the end as well. Uh, Malik one I'm a bit fishy about, but I would say the other two seem like a very bobber move. Yeah. Because I think he would also want experience beside him when he's in tr- tricky situations. Yeah. Right? Like when Malik was leading the uh, 2007 team, he had Yunus and Afi the in 
And Malik is one of the most successful captains in Pakistan history, yeah, by the way. Which is he has a phenomenal win percentage. Just subliminally, that just that stat tore my heart apart. That that's true. And but also think back. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but um, he has made Sialkot Stallions champions for many times. Yeah, many times. Many times. That's true. Yeah, I just hope those numbers translate, man. Like people in the domestic and like in PSLs and and the domestic leagues across the world play phenomenally but then when it comes to the green sharks they kind of choke i just hope and pray that uh when push comes to shove to show up uh thank you guys for uh coming to the end of this podcast this has been a wild ride just because of the news that's come out we will be trying to host a live stream for the box signing day game right we'll be trying at least uh keep uh keep up to that uh we'll keep posting news about that as soon as it comes around uh, we don't know yet how that's going to happen or or what the logistics of that is, but we're going to try our best. Um, if you guys have any questions, any any anything to talk about, you can email us, tweet us, DM us on Instagram. We're comment. Comment, subscribe, anything. We're receptive to all forms of criticism. If you agree or disagree with the things that we've said, yeah. and, please uh, feel free to share. Your we did want to do a breakdown of all the squads, but I don't know if we'll have the time to do that. Maybe we'll do another episode just sort of skimming through the rest of the eight or nine teams that are selected for the T20 World Cup. Um, I know we definitely wanted to talk about India and Kohli's form, so maybe that's coming soon. Um, separate podcast. Separate podcast for that. Man hasn't scored a century in like three years, but two years. That's insanity. Um, different podcast. I guess uh, with hopes and wishes of a great tournament, we we say we bid farewell. Yeah. This is Bashar signing off. This is another signing off, and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers.